How y'all doing this morning? Oh, I'm on. Well, for any of you that know me, sent humor because this isn't my comfort zone up here. I'm perfectly fine in small groups, but I don't like this, you know? But, you know, God says, have a little bit of this, and say, yes, sir. So, uh, yeah, when, when Hunter sent me a text and asked me to, to speak or to teach this week, he said, oh, by the way, it's on spiritual gifts. You know, what are they and how they function and whatnot. And I said, okay, but you do realize that ain't my gift. <laughs> so I'm much better behind the scenes instead of front of them. So that being said, uh, Christians know uh, spiritual gifts as a, a Greek word is called charismata, and maybe some of you Greek scholars can correct my, my uh, pronunciation of that, but it means gift of grace, okay? <clears throat> and it's foretold in the book of Joel, and it's repeated by Jesus in Mark 16. And this promise became fulfilled at the day of Pentecost, okay? And I'd like to to read that for you because not only does it talk about you know when the gift of the spirit came down on the disciples but also uh, Peter when he gets up to speak uh, he quotes the prophet Joel and what Joel had to say about it you know many many years before but anyway, it says, uh, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. This is in Acts 2, by the way. Uh, Suddenly a sound like a blowing violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, <clears throat> when they heard this sound, the crowd came together in bewilderment because each one had heard them speaking in their own language. Utterly amazed, they said, are not all these men speaking Galileans? Then how is it we hear them in our native language? And it lifts off a bunch of different nationalities that were there many different languages, but they were all hearing the gospel in their language. And it says, uh, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? But then some of them, however, they said, were making fun of them and said, oh, they've had too much wine, you know. And Peter gets up in front of them, he goes, he stood up and said, uh, fellow Jews and all you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men aren't drunk as you suppose. It's not even happy hour yet. Or actually he said, it's only nine in the morning. Okay. Uh, no, this was what was spoken of the prophet Joel. And he says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. 
Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above, signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood, before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So <clears throat> that is a description of, of when the spiritual gifts came down upon us. Okay? Uh, but Christians understand that spiritual gifts are enablements or capacities that are, uh, that are given divinely to individuals, but they're there for the edification of the church. Okay? They're there to build up the church. Uh, because they're freely given of God, they can't be earned or merited. Hence the gift of grace. Just like grace can't be earned, can't be merited. Uh, though they work through individuals, these are operations and manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Not the individual. It's the Holy Spirit speaking through them and not them or working through them. You know, that's how I'm able to, to stand up here and talk today. It ain't me, it's, you know, because I couldn't do it on my own. Uh, they're not used for the benefit of others. So in a sense, they're there for the whole church, even though they're individually given to people, okay? And there is, <clears throat> there is diversity in the distribution, okay? Not everybody is going to have every gift, now, every Christian will receive spiritual gifts, every one of them. Uh, they just may not know it yet, okay? And they got to cultivate it and, and try to figure out what that gift is. Uh, but typically, people will have one or two primary gifts and usually one or two secondary gifts that they may utilized to build up the church. <clears throat> anyway, but the purpose of the gifts is to edify, encourage, and comfort the church. That's the primary role of it, you know. Uh, we've got the gifts listed right up here with where they're located in Scripture. Uh, and I wanted to go to those Scriptures too. Just so you know, I'm not making this up. <clears throat> Romans 2, 6 through 8 says, God will give to each person according to what he has done. To those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. But to those who are self-seeking, who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. There will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil. First to Jew, then to Gentile. Hang on. I'm on the wrong Never mind. I'm in Romans 2. I should be in Romans 12. Excuse me. You're close. I missed the one. <coughs> Do what? <laughs> uh, 
Romans 12. We have different gifts according to grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it's leadership, let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. So you see the, the ones under Romans 12 up there. Those are the gifts that are listed there. Uh, there's, according to different people, there's anywhere from like 18 to 22 or so gifts mentioned in Scripture. These are the primary ones that come through mostly through Paul's writings. <clears throat> if we go over to 1 Corinthians, this time we will be in 1 Corinthians 12 and not 2. 8 through 10 says, <clears throat> well, we'll start in 7. Now to each one the manifest manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom, to another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the Spirit, <clears throat> to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He gives them to each one just as He determines. So it's not up to us what gift we get. It's up to the Holy Spirit. He will empower each one of us with some, some gift. Don't know what it is, but He will give us that gift. And it's our responsibility to, to try to figure out what that gift is that He gives us and then act upon it, okay? <clears throat> if you go over in 12, in 1 Corinthians 12 to 28 to 30, it also says, <clears throat> or starting in 27, now you are in the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. And in the church, God has appointed first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then workers of miracles, also those having gifts of healing, those able to help others, those with gifts of administration, and those speaking in different kinds of tongues. He says, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret tongues? But eagerly desire the greater gifts. And then lastly... Over in Ephesians, Ephesians 4.11 lists out, uh, <clears throat> it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, and some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up <clears throat> until we reach until we all reach unity in the faith and knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of all the fullness of Christ. 
Now those, that listing in Ephesians is more or less offices in the church or responsibilities in the church. And we won't go into detail about those because Hunter's going to go into detail about those in a couple of weeks in this series. So, <clears throat> but now there, there are many people out there that, that uh, go ahead, that <clears throat> want to group these gifts into different groupings. And I just listed a few of them. One of the ways that they, they tend to group them is by the Old Testament offices that were held, such as prophetic gifts or things like teaching, encouraging, or rebuking others, which would be prophecy. Priestly gifts include mercy, caring for the needy, which could be helps or serving, intercession before God, which could be pastor and prophet, okay? Kingly gifts are those that, the gifts that are used to help lead and direct a church or a government, okay? And those would include administration and leadership. Now another way somebody, some people break these gifts up, they break, break them up into their functional uh, properties, if you will. Gifts of knowledge, which include words of wisdom, words of knowledge, distinguishing between spirits. Gifts of speech, which would include tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecy. And gifts of power, such as faith, healing, and miracles. Still another way that they tend to be broken up is how they affect or how they encourage and uplift the church, okay? One is to promote inner growth within the church, which could include apostle, prophecy, distinguishing things between spirits, teaching, words of wisdom, knowledge, helps, and administration. Another way is to promote the outer development of the church, which is could include faith, miracles, healing, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. So those are just some of the ways that different people have broken up some of those gifts to try to kind of characterize them into different groupings. But we all, uh, the gifts are given to us to enable us to, to grow in knowledge of Christ. Okay, and to edify the church. <clears throat> Some people get sidetracked by the gifts. <clears throat> Excuse me. They get sidetracked by the gifts and become more obsessed with trying to attain the gifts than attaining Jesus. Okay, and it can be to the point that uh, that believers start be beginning to follow signs and begin to follow signs and wonders, like Jesus said instead of letting the signs and wonders follow the, the believers, okay? And the spiritual gifts <clears throat> are supposed to be there to manifest themselves so that, uh, so that others can see those gifts in those people, 
you know, and that's what builds up the church. Because as a, for instance, you know, just picking on a few people here, you know, I don't think anybody here can deny that John or Jonathan or Hunter have the gift of, of pastoring, right? What about Jeff for teaching? Any of you who's been in his class know that. What about Martin, <laughs> Marvin, for encouragement? We got Larry and Lowell that I know I've seen many times gifts of service and helps all over this place. Can anybody deny Joey is an administrator? I mean, you see those gifts coming through in the people. What about Roy? Have you ever seen a better evangelist? Huh? And that's not to mention the words of wisdom from my old buddy Ford. So, I mean, that's what the gifts are there for. They're there to encourage the church, to build up the church, and to manifest the church and Christ to those outside the church. And that's what, that's what they're there for, is to, is to let others see that coming out of you. So, attaining gifts is not the goal, it's a gateway. It's not a hobby to be played with. They're tools to build with, weapons to fight with. Uh, we're more effective when we put them to use in God's glory and not our own. Every spiritual gift, too, has a place in the body of Christ. There may be some, like pastoring and teaching and prophesying, that seem more important than some like hospitality or serving. But that's not the case. They're all, they're all given equally, and they're all given for the purpose of building up the church. Not everyone can be a pastor. No one, not everyone can be a teacher. Uh, but everyone can serve in some capacity. Uh, each spiritual gift has a special place in the body of Christ. Uh, none of these gifts should be looked on and treated lightly. You should try to determine your gift and then act upon it to build up the church. So how do we know what our spiritual gifts are and how to use them? Well, for that, you're going to have to come back next week. Because <laughs> that's what Curtis is speaking on next week. Okay? So be sure and be here for that so you can learn if you don't already know what your spiritual gift is so that you can start using it. Because, you know, if you don't use it, you lose it. Basically. <clears throat> How does knowing your spiritual gifts affect your life? Well, many, many people can go through their whole life without even giving thought to their spiritual gifts. 
okay? But every Christian has them, but not everyone recognizes them. But God gives these gifts to his children as an act of love. Every one of us in here is significant to God. Every one of us in here has got a gift. We just have to learn what those gifts are and then start using them. <clears throat> once, in, once you recognize your gift, you gain a deeper appreciation for the way He created you and identify with the way that He wants you to trust Him. Okay? As you grow in your understanding of your gifts and what the Holy Spirit can do through you, your affection for Christ grows. You also mature in your awareness of people around you and the role that God wants to play in their lives. Using your gifts as God intended is part of going deeper in your Christian journey. So that in a nutshell is what they are and how they function. Like I said, we'll go deeper into them over the next couple of weeks. Next week with Curtis to try to help us identify what our gifts are. And then the following week with Hunter to identify those, those offices or uh, functions in the church that are listed out in these spiritual gifts. I just want to thank Tim for his gift of intercessory prayer. Uh, Tim is a prayer warrior, and you'll oftentimes see him up front when there's a call for prayer. And uh, so thank you for that. That's a spiritual gift, one of your gifts. Also, one, one thing that's uh, struck me while you were talking, a lot of times we may not know what our spiritual gift is, but you're using them and people give it back to you and kind of identify it for you. So listen to what other Christians have to say because they'll recognize, gosh, you sure are encouraging. I don't think of myself as being encouraged. You sure are a prayer warrior. I don't think of myself as being a prayer warrior. But what you do in the course of your daily lives influences other people and they'll give you that feedback and help you identify where your talents are. 